on Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter here. And Jason Burkhardt, how you doing? Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Episode 43, here we go. 43, <laughs> the Maui Brewing Company story. With, yes. Yeah. This is a kind of a cl- near and dear to our hearts, beer. Beer. You know, I was, I, was, I was promoting the show this morning, Jay, and I was like, wow, I wonder how to go about this. And I thought, this is solar beer. There's basically nothing cooler in the world than solar beer, yep. and it was pretty yep. well responded to. <laughs> so we have a couple guests in the studio today. Uh, we have Garrett Marrero from Maui Brewing Company. Welcome. Thank you. Aloha, everyone. So good to have you here. Garrett's a great guy. He gave us a tour of his facility. Totally mind-blowing. Can't even put words to it, really. Uh, <laughs> we're pretty proud of it. Oh, we're going to try. And we have Dahi McGee. Is that correct? Did I say yeah, correctly? Aloha. All right. I got nervous there at the tail end of that. Dahi <laughs> <laughs> McGee. Dahi is a really interesting character. Uh, we know each other uh, from a variety of places. And you're with Cummins. King's, King Biodiesel, right? Uh, King Power Systems. King Power Systems. Yeah. I'm the GM at King Power Systems. Uh, also helped design a lot of the systems um, and implement them. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, we've kind of worked on a couple projects together, a couple new ones coming up in the future, hopefully, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you keep it interesting, that's for sure. And yes, that is my like job. We like to be able to facilitate those kind of interesting asks <laughs> and uh, and provide generators perfect for what you need. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's usually the, uh, hey, uh, Dahi, this thing's never been done before. You want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And he's like, oh, not you again, Sounds Josh. like a job for Dahi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's jump right into this, Jay. Uh, yeah, We'll do some housekeeping and move right into our news and events. What do you say? Perfect. Let's do it. Okay. So we are the Solar Coaster folks. We're here right here on lovely uh, lovely Maui County. Friday is at 1.05 p.m. on KOI 1110 AM. Uh, we can also be found on some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Call-ins are welcome. Today we're going to ask you to hold calls uh, a little bit towards later in the show because we've got so much cool content to cover. And uh, But our call-in line, 242-7800, is the way to reach us. Uh, so we've got, got a great website. Uh, Jay, you want to tell us about the website? Sure. Go to www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. You can listen live. You can actually click on the YouTube streaming link right now and uh, jump into the studio with us. Uh, We also have all our back catalog of shows there. You click on the podcast link. You can get, if you're interested in a certain show, a certain technology that we've talked about in the past, everything is all right there. Scroll down the bottom of the page and you can get on our mailing list or send questions. If you can't send a question during the show, can't call in, send us a question there. It comes right to our mailbox and we'll We'll get right to you. Absolutely. And we have uh, basically a blog that Jay is remiss in, 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 in updating, right? Did you get those videos up there, Jay? <laughs> Uh, it should be. Are they up there? Okay. Well, I, I'm remiss in, in updating the SoundCloud files for our audio okay. and for our podcast. Right. And Jay, Jay's on the on the blog. So I, I'm going to say that we're looking for an intern. If anybody out there is interested and loves a solar coaster, wants to help us out with all this stuff we keep forgetting to do, then uh, give us a shout, and we'll uh, maybe we can get you involved in the solar coaster. So we also have some wonderful sponsors, uh, and we have another sponsor that came on actually this week, which we're really stoked about: Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sun. Sundrum Solar. Sundrum's just a unbelievable company, and Michael and Thierry and Brian Footlick were really great guys to jump on board and help us out. They're all really cool. I mean, this is the, like we keep saying that the right side of solar companies. These are people we really appreciate. They appreciate what we're doing. We appreciate what they're doing. Um, there's a whole lot of the patting on the back going around, but I mean, they're they're really good companies doing really interesting and cool things in the renewable energy space. Absolutely. Cutting edge stuff. Cutting edge stuff. Quick announcement for one of our sponsors, Maui Solar Project. We have a new booth. We have a new retail space at Queen Kalamanu Mall. Uh, I got two cool 55-inch plasmas that used to be in my office and are now sitting in a kiosk. (laughs) And Jonah put together some awesome videos of all of our sponsors and all the people engaged in the kiosk, and we're really excited to be out there and talk to people face-to-face about some of this new technology. We're also on podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, just kind of breeze right through all that. Uh, she'll be jumping to our news and events, Jay. Sounds like a plan. We got a lot to talk about today. So, first off, um, this is a global news story, but it deals with a U.S. company, Microsoft, you may have heard of. They have just signed a deal with SunSeep, which is not a company I had heard of before, but apparently they do a lot um, through Southeast Asia. Um, they're actually in doing a lot of installs and such. They, they manage networks. And the deal is specific over the next 20 years that Microsoft will pay for and buy the power from rooftop solar installations throughout Singapore. Now, nowhere was I able to figure out how the actual residents would be compensated, but this their their goal here is 60 megawatts of solar 60 power. 60 megs. 
wow. 60, 60 megs across Singapore to power their data centers. And the data centers in, in Singapore actually power services such as Azure and Office 365 that you're probably aware of and use. Mm. Um, but these, <laughs> it's, it's just an unprecedented amount of power that they are purchasing from rooftop that's a, re- that's a really so, unique story, right? <laughs> Going out into the community yeah. saying, hey, we want your rooftop for a specific company, a specific application. But if you spend any time yep. in Singapore, which I actually have a lot of experience there. I used to work there in my 20s uh, when I was out of, out of Tokyo, and there's not a lot of land available. It's a pretty dense right. place. It's a city state, <laughs> yep. right? So those rooftops yeah. are super valuable. It makes perfect sense to me. Where else are you going to go? I mean, you could do photovoltaics, pop it out into the harbor, but that's a pretty important space for them. <laughs> so, and, and, and could be kind of dangerous, depending right. on the the weather <laughs> or right, so yeah it's really 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 unique thing like i said i was not able to dig up they did not reply by airtime so i do not know how residents are being compensated for their roof space but uh it, it is really cool project now they're hopeful that this is going to spur other companies to kind of do the same thing hmm. um this is this is good this one in this one deal is actually going to tip microsoft up to more than 50 percent of their data center energy needs uh coming from renewables uh in an interesting side note is Apple actually signed with a uh, Chinese wind turbine manufacturer in late 2016. Mm. Uh, also is taking all of its uh, data center energy use in China from that wind farm. So there's a lot of renew- movement in tech and renewable, like traditional tech, computer tech and renewable energies. Well, maybe we could just take a second right there and talk about that uh, big windmill we, f- we we heard about that was coming out from GE. <laughs> maybe Microsoft is going to get involved with that. There's a uh, Garrett. There's a windmill that was developed by GE that is 853 feet tall, and is what's the megawatt rating on it? Yeah, I sent you the article. Is it like 12 megs or oh, something? It was, yeah, it's, it's 12, basically 12, 12 times megawatt. the size of the windmills we have here. Jesus, right? Yeah. It's just, That's it's just amazing. This monster thing. They literally, they literally put this. You know that you have those scale diagrams. They you show like somebody, and then there's the giant robot from Japan, and then there's the Empire State Building and everything else. And it's sitting there next to the Empire State Building, and it fits squarely between the Empire State Building and the Eiffel Tower. Wow. <laughs> it's just, That's it's insane. Did it say how long the, uh, the the blades were? As long as a football field the individual blade wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is good stuff this is good stuff i we don't looked know at wind here in maui but the, the they had to have two times the radius i believe Correct. it was clear mm-hmm. around it so oh you basically it would have been almost our whole lot that would have had to just yeah. be for the one and one turbine would have done it for right. the whole for all of our wind all of our power right. you're but, in a pretty good wind channel there right yeah, there's a good amount of wind coming down there enormously expensive land to do that that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty normal, though. I mean, just for I used to work in microwave telecom, and the same thing for those giant antennas. You have to have that amount of space in case the tower comes down. It's not going to hit anything. Yeah. So it makes it makes sense, but geez, that's a lot of land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were just it was a couple weeks ago. We were talking about how those wind turbines out there around the country. Some of them are having trouble, mm-hmm. and even two years into their lifespan, they're they're like de- some of them are delaminating or they're, they're having to re put up like you know um, scaffolding. Guys are up there like re riveting these windmills. Uh. Imagine something. That scale. Hopefully, this one's made uh, to last. So, hey, you want to jump over to the Green Tech Media one about Trump, uh, Jay? Sure. This is interesting. Uh, Trump got up and on the podium and was talking about how his policy, his tariff, new tariff policy, was reopening plants all over the world. And I think he he specifically said the number five for whatever reason. There, there are actually 32 solar. Um, plants across the United States. Uh, 30 of them were apparently closed, the last two on life support. And he says now five, all of a sudden five have just reopened. Um, but doing some actual fact checking, it doesn't, I don't see any indication. Nobody sees any indication that at least five plants have sold, have opened again. Uh, well, so, we've, we've seen a couple of articles over the course of the last couple of weeks, right? And they were talking about that was that one Taiwanese group that that, that was gonna. They were talking about putting together a uh, factory. I think it was like in Georgia or something to meet their own needs. Yeah, sh- on the retail sure, side. Sure, sure. I mean, that there, there's definitely some conversation that they're they're uh, they want to do this, but nowhere have we seen all of a sudden they they pull the boards off and start using the manufacturing facilities that already exist again. They got this which, is qu- what, which is what it was said. Right, I see. They got this quote here, the mirage of a U.S. manufacturing renaissance. That's some colorful language there. 
right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Actually, you know, so. we're going to have to follow this closely because I, I think that, uh, you know, certainly there's some concerns about the uh, the tariffs and how it's going to impact, you know, renewable energy deployment throughout the country. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're talking with Andrew, was it uh, uh, Andre uh, Richter from Meyer Burger last show? Was it last show? Mm -hmm. Was Andre? Yeah. And he, and he yep. was, uh, he had some great ideas about, you know, uh, domestic manufacturing capabilities and microclimate specific panels. And we'll see where that goes. There's some definitely uh, some interesting ideas there. So what's the next one, Jay? That's still from Greentech, right? SunPower, yeah? Okay, yeah. SunPower turns to storage for growth in tough times. Now, SunPower, if you remember, is one of the one of those companies that makes uh, really, really high-end panels. Uh, they also are getting kind of damaged by this whole tariff situation because they right. manufacture out of out of Malaysia is it I yeah, don't remember I think so I think, uh, yeah, I, think it, I think it's I think it's I think it's Malaysia um, so so they have solar panels that they're bringing it's a premium product they charge a lot for these things but it's has been well deserved uh, more in so terms of the in technology the past than now it. yeah right right um, but they're now putting a massive push behind a storage product uh, because solar doesn't seem to have quite the same punch. Oh, for them <laughs> as, in their company. Yeah. For, for them in the company, exactly. Uh, they had a really tough earnings call uh, a couple, was it last week? Last week. Yeah, just, uh, just before. Ob obviously, yeah, just before airtime last time. Um, but SunPanner designated experience uh, 1.7 gigawatts of commercial solar projects uh, have They've been in the industry forever, uh, and only now, I guess, are they really, really taking storage seriously. But that's fantastic for storage. I mean, more people out there yeah. doing developing storage products uh, will drive innovation and hopefully drive prices down a bit. And guys, and we're, <laughs> a we're, bit, all familiar, a bit more. we're all familiar with SunPower. We've been in the business, sure. right? These guys, when they get into yeah. something, they're real innovators. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, yeah, that's what, I'm really, money really going into it is nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, SunPower is interesting. By the way, we're going to have a SunPower show. Uh, got on the horn with Sarah Amadeo here in Maui uh, last week, and we're looking forward to kind of filling in the, 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 the gaps in our PV discussion, and specifically with SunPower, because it's a really kind of a separate technology. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that's really unique mm -hmm. and is kind of done, had that high efficiency early on. But I could see how the tariffs would make a big impact on their business because, you know, it's a percentage-based tariff, and, well, and that's, well, that's that, going to hit that, hard. Yeah, that and the fact that they've been kind of using their their – proprietary tech for so long and a lot, a lot of the industry has kind of caught up i mean the, mm. the numbers now sure. uh, from an lg or a panasonic or something are getting pretty close i think they're so. going to be competing with uh smart wire bay the smart wire bifacials from Meyerberg. you like I, that a lot yeah i just kind of uh, i'm a you know jeez i can't help myself <laughs> i get into certain brands like i'm super stoked about this technology but i mean if you think about the bifacials it's just it's an inexpensive approach to getting a lot more power depending on where your geography is mm -hmm. and so i think yep. if they're going to be going head to head with that they got some you know they got some r d to do uh in my yep. opinion so we'll see but they're, they're also on the residential side they're launching their equinox program so we're going to hear all about that from sarah uh in the upcoming yep. weeks really stoked about that so excellent all right some powers in the fight Ho hopefully they'll talk hopefully they should be ready to talk about storage a little bit because i'm interested to see what they've got under the under the table <laughs> definitely definitely now big news we were just talking about this when everybody rolled into the studio uh let's go into hawaii and, and maui we have a, yep. a massive rfp from uh, HEI from Hawaiian Electra, from Hiko, from uh, Miko. Uh, it's what is it, guys? Dahi, you want to jump in on this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm just uh, looking at those. Well, numbers it's right now. it's like it's about. From what I understand, we got 60 megawatts of renewable RFP that was put out. We got about uh, I think like 60 days, right? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so then, the governor signed in the proclamation saying that we want to. 100% renewable by 2045. Right. Yeah, yeah, 45, 45, yeah. 2045. Uh, yep. So as we're retiring plants throughout the island, uh, we want to go with renewables on those plants. So Kahalui is coming up to be retired right. uh, in 2022, uh, and Maui Electric would like to have that replaced with something renewable. There you go. Um, so at the moment, they're, I believe, still in design phase, um, trying to find the best option for their customers. Uh, to bring the prices down and to have longevity and to stabilize the grid as we see it. Um, so that's the kind mm. of considerations that they have at the moment. Yeah, so 60 megawatts of renewables for Maui, right? That's the RFP. Uh, it's due yep. April 30th. If any of y'all out there think that you can put together a great RFP for Miko and solve our energy problems, just chuck it out to uh, to Miko, <laughs> and maybe you'll win that bid. But 60 megawatts is no uh, small thing, right? That's a lot of that's a lot of power. I mean, that's that's a, that's the biggest thing that's happened in Maui. Would you yeah. agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then in, and then in Oahu, we're looking at 200 megawatts. You know, 
This yeah, 2x, 220, actually. 220? 220. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, wow. That's a lot of juice. <laughs> I was just going to say that. That's a lot, that's of, a juice. lot of juice. <laughs> that's a lot of juice. That's a lot of juice. Yeah. So that's like, you know, yeah. that's like basically like, you know, uh, this guy's got about a megawatt on his mm -hmm. business. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's 60 times that is a lot. <laughs> a sense of scale. That's, this yeah. is exciting stuff. I'll tell you what, just from the percolation inside of the industry, everyone's getting excited. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of little texts well, and calls there's going gonna be, and There's going to be so much of this, though. We're looking, we're looking down the barrel now. I mean, we've, before it was, well, 2045 is kind of far away. Okay, we'll get there eventually. And now we're in crunch time already almost almost yeah. almost 2020 we, we need we need time to actually roll these things out and mm. they need to start getting on the ball uh so yeah if you're interested in bidding on this um go to hawaiianelectric.com slash competitive bidding you can submit your rfp they do want a whole lot of hard copies and electronics read through the um the requirements uh but it's open to all renewables which is the interesting thing i mean we may mm. see some like wave action generators or something mm -hmm. <laughs> show up it would be really would be really interesting to see what people are gonna say they're also encouraging um bidders to integrate storage so that should be part of should be part of the proposals there you go, has there anyone you go. ever talked about uh, plasma incineration here i mean plasma incineration you know, i don't know what that is well it's, it's like incineration <laughs> but i think anytime you say incinerator people mm -hmm. freak out they're like oh my god you know it's like burning coal stop stop right. stop the burn yeah, yeah. And it's not that at all i mean it's super clean i know denmark and norway use it a lot mm -hmm. so much that they have to import trash from surrounding countries uh, and they're paid to take the trash and i'm just thinking you know we've got a, a steam turbine sitting over at hcns mm -hmm. Used to provide five percent of the island's power and so much trash that sometimes you can't take your stuff to the dump yeah. so why don't we look at mating a plasma incinerator to that steam turbine yeah getting rid of all of our construction debris it separates non-ferrous and ferrous metals and now you have scrap to sell you know i'm just it, it's like why aren't we talking about that so, well, as a technology maybe we could partner up and we could submit that to the uh, i would love to, <laughs> to the i don't know if i have time to get it in by the 30th but i, I think it's a no-brainer i mean it's interesting just, i mean look at we have to ship pallets off yeah. the island and pallets are it's wood. It'll burn and it'll it'll turn a turbine. Why? Well, there's some activity yeah. going on right now. The mayor was on the show about a month ago, and he talked about what was happening at the landfill. So there's some activity there, mm. but I think it's a methane-related yep. project, yeah? Yeah, so they're yeah. reclaiming the methane from that, and they've got currently about two megawatts of methane just being burned off at the there moment. Uh, it's Oof. not clean enough to actually be used as a power source. So the considerations that you have to have are firm power versus on and off right. power so you know as much as you want to you know fire up your generator and produce power to the grid whenever you want that will then destabilize the grid they've they have uh, efficiency problems with say maalaya where they use the waste heat from their generators to produce steam for steam turbines to make it more efficient in maalaya this mm. is miko uh, so if you start introducing more power you'll take away that heat uh, energy that they would have had extra for the steam turbines and then they lose all their efficiency oh wow so that's why a lot of like the wind turbines have to be shut down at night because the there's enough exactly yeah. they have to be curtailed so they can keep the maalaya plant as efficient as possible right and this so, is, is this, this does this kind of chalk up to antiquated equipment i mean is it yes right is that well, what we're describing it, it's it's the reliance of say diesel uh, for big diesel engines. Their efficiency is about fifty percent. But then if you can uh, recover that waste heat through mm -hmm. economizers and then the steam turbine, you can bring that all the way up to about a hundred percent efficiency. Jay, I think Dahi's going to get his own segment on the show. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds, sounds like a plan. <laughs> he sounded pretty good. All right. So well, we're all excited about what's going on with uh, Maui Electric and look. Yep. Yeah. So there's two sections to this RFP. There's one which is the firm power and mm -hmm. then there's five megawatts for whoever wants to actually uh, have any ideas where they just want to give the power when they want to okay so maui electric are happy to take five megs off and on so you can produce mm. solar you can produce when they want it a bit more firmer than just we've got these solar panels right. push them in right because obviously nighttime there isn't the same kind of but the plasma could come into that five megawatt mm -hmm. uh, rfp where you can and it, it is part of the renewables project is just to have five megs of renewable that isn't as firm as this 
other RFP, which is just for firm power. Mm -hmm. It feels that that's an unbelievable explanation. Thank you so much for that. And it's, it feels like we're getting to a place right now where 2045 doesn't seem so ambitious, frankly. I mean, we had when, when Mayor Arakawa <laughs> was on. 4045. <laughs> so long <laughs> when, from now. When, when Mayor Arakawa was on, he said that if, if, the, if Wheeling is passed at the ledge, he thinks we'll be 100% renewable in five years. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it, it's pretty, uh, it's an exciting time. And I think we're all in a really cool, cool industry and doing some fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So, why don't we uh, wrap on our, uh, our news and events? We'll jump into our commercials. And when we get back, we're going to learn all about Maui Brewing Company with Garrett and uh, some good, good content from Dahi, too, I'm sure. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tsubuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tsubuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tsubuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Batter Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak hour efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. So they get our, added to your <laughs> all right. So those were our commercials. Uh, we got our new sponsor, Sundrum, represented well by Jonah Heller here. Hey, thanks, everybody. <laughs> that was really cool, Jonah. And I want to give a shout-out to Melissa Ramirez for her uh, Tabuchi Electric commercial, which has been a nice kind of thing to have over the course of the last how many months? It was recorded a while back, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. So let's uh, jump right in. Uh, oh, and oh, lastly, excuse me, Jay, that was Jason's original Euro rack oh, music that he creates, uh, pretty remarkable <laughs> stuff that he, he does over there, and we put it into our, our show. So nice work, Jay. Thanks for that. Um, so right, we're gonna we're really fortunate here at the coaster today to have Garrett uh, to talk about the about his his journey with Maui Brewing Company, uh, a I can't even believe it, like a almost like an off grid independent brewing company in Maui that kind of services the world, inspires the world. Really, that's the dream. Yeah, it's yeah. just unreal. You know, we start actually we uh, after we and we we had a big tour. Everybody from the team came out. You were super gracious. Take us around. Thank oh, you. No problem, no problem. Unbelievable. We felt all you know VIP-ish and stuff. <laughs> and then uh, we went out to have some beers, of course. You know, I was saying to you, I was like, geez, this is like the biggest beer tease I've ever had in my life. Yeah. You're explaining everything. <laughs> Save the beer for the end. I'm yeah. like, oh, geez, I need a beer. It's like to build up that, you know, excitement. <laughs> it's unreal. So. We went out, we had some beers, it was great. And then we sat down and had some lunch at your new restaurant. Oh, cool. And uh, you know, so we took the opportunity to ask one of your staff members what it was like working at Maui. Brewing company. I think her name was 
An- Anja? Did I, did I say Anja. 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 Yeah, server. Real yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. And she was, she just said that it was, you know, she really believed and had complete kind of like, like enthusiasm about this, this local focus. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's so true. It's a great place to be. People are happy here. You know, it's just a wonderful place to work. And you can see it was just, it was just diffusing with this kind of admiration for the employees she works. So that's yeah. the environment that you created, my that's, friend. That's great to know. You know, that's, that's, a, that's always a struggle when you grow. You know, you go, started with a little over 20 people back in 05 and now I think, you know, across the entire state, we sit almost at, uh, at about 600 now. So it's it, as we've grown, staff. the culture definitely has been challenged many Oof, times. Wow. So yeah, it's, bro, uh, oh, man. you know, yeah, and to keep the quality up with 600 employees is fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, a tribute to our team, definitely. I can't take all the credit, that's right, for sure. Right, It's It's a definitely wow. a, a, a big group of people, too, doing a lot of great work. So, well, we're going to hear um, all about Maui Brewing Company here from Garrett. And, uh, you know, we, we got a lot of the great tech yesterday, and we got a sense for the context of the whole, the whole amazing kind of uh, structure that you're building. I mean, it's just, if you get a chance, go to the tours, everybody, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the the brew the brew house, the brew pub in Kihei. Is that how you term it? Yeah, we call it uh, production brewery and brew pub. Yeah, uh, so, you know, it's really... It's a unique situation because it is such a large brewery attached to the restaurant, um, but it started off as the production brewery and tasting room, and then mm. the restaurant was just added about a month ago. Gotcha. Yeah. So gotcha. I would just say the Kihei Brewery. So Mother, uh, mothership. Okay. The mothership. The mothership. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So maybe asking yourself, why a brewery? Why is the solar coaster talking about a brewery? Mm-hmm. Well, there's just a massive amount of solar, and you have a massive energy use, right? Yep. What, what is your average monthly use, roughly speaking, either in dollars or kilowatt hours or whatever you want to say? I forget the kilowatt hours. I, I speak in dollars yeah. coming from finance, <laughs> but it's it's between forty dollars and $50,000 a month. Okay. So it's, That's a pretty it's big a, bill. Yeah, it's a pretty big bill. So, um, yeah. you know, brewing is very energy intensive. And I think if you historically look at brewing, uh, there's always been a measure of sustainability. I mean, this is going back, you know, centuries. Mm. Uh, even though we didn't have PV back a thousand years ago when they were brewing, um, breweries were located near uh, bakeries and farms because, you know, they had this this waste stream flow that would go between them where, you know, the brewery would get the grain from the farm. The farm, uh, you know, they'd brew the beer and then send the grain either to the farmer's for cattle feed or to the bakery next door to make bread right, and flour. Right. So you have this like, you know, closed loop. I think I mentioned the term foam to table. Yeah, yesterday. yeah, you did. It's a good um, and that's existed existed forever. You know, and we're we're taking that even steps beyond by then creating our own energy on site with the goal of being grid independent. Uh, and that's both from a propane, electrical, and even CO2 standpoint, yeah. uh, since we'll be doing our own CO2 recovery. Um, but it really is trying. My, my dream is that someone picks up a can of our beer anywhere in the world because we produce 100% of it in Hawaii and knows that A, that came from Hawaii, and B, it has the lowest or one of the lowest carbon footprints of any beer that they could pick up out there. Uh, and it's wow. just showing that we can responsibly manufacture in Hawaii and be successful. Yeah. Um, those things don't usually go together when people think Hawaii and manufacturing. Right. Wow. Yeah. No, I definitely, when we, we first got out there, I thought to myself, all right, well, this guy's got a big solar system. He's got a bunch of batteries, so we should probably talk to him, right? Yeah. Then we get in there, and then my the whole vision of what he was doing just kind of opened up, and I, and I saw how many different, uh, you know, you were working in, in, these, in these, how to create efficiencies at every stage of the process. Mm-hmm. So if you go and take that tour, you know, Garrett or someone will, that's doing the tour will walk you through it, and it's right from step one all the way to the, the beer that comes, you get into a, you know, one of your cans or into the into the um into the, tank, into yeah. the tank and it was really there's so much going on there and i think i asked you at one point i was like well who's the wise old man that puts all this together because and he's like ah oh, kind of that's kind of me, me. <laughs> so he just figured it out over time so well, i started the company when i was 26 so i feel like the old timer now at right? the brewery but i have i think i'm definitely the longest tenured employee uh but we have a few people not far behind me too but got a great team over there and i think everyone has that buy-in to what we do and why we do it and that's where you know i i I may be the old man who's kind of dreaming it all up and figuring out a way to pay for it, but we've got, you know, like I said, 600 people behind us, you know, making we who, making us who we are. That's so, kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. When you run a company, they're figuring out how to pay for it. <laughs> that's yeah, like, yeah. That's the big role right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, well, I really, um, you know, after that, after getting that perspective from Anja and hearing about your, you know, the tour that you, you provided and everything, I really started to scratch my head and go, well, what, how did it start? So why don't we start right where in the beginning? Can you tell us a little bit about the early days? Sure. Um, yeah, I still have nightmares about the early days sometimes. Um, I would say, you know, I think going back to 2005, you know, I think the brewery started uh, officially January 28th, 2005, and that was a small brew pub up in Kahana, uh, so northwest Maui, uh, seven-barrel brew house, full restaurant, um, 
never run a restaurant before, never run a brewery before, uh, but it was a dream. And it, it came about because I was vacationing from California. I was born and raised in San Diego. Uh, I was living in Northern California. All, all that brewery action out there. A lot there. of brewery action. Yep. And I was, so I was drinking, you know, San Diego beer and uh, Stone Brewing Stone. Company. Great friends of mine. They had opened up the year I graduated high school. Yeah. And I remember my grandpa brought a keg of Stone Pale Ale to our to my graduation party. Hmm. Of course, you know, we, we drank good beer. Very European family. So kids were allowed to drink beer, yep. you know, with family. Um, but anyhow, fast forward to vacationing to Hawaii, drinking the local beer and say, oh, this is cool. You know, because anywhere I went, I drank local, wanted to see what's special. I, like Pyramid or what, what, what were some of the ones? Is there so, any local? I can't remember. There's a couple. Here of, in Primo? Hawaii or in, in what is it again? For what Primo was. Yeah, Primo, Primo that's was, the line. Primo that's was one, at one yeah. time, but they stopped brewing Primo here, I think, in the early 70s. Mm, so before I was right. even born, you know, but anywhere I travel to, I, I, I believe you experience a culture and a, a, the people through its food and its drink. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's so much emphasis totally. that needs to be placed on authentic local. And so fast forward to three years later, so five or six trips to Hawaii, uh, learned that the local beer, and I'm doing the quotes for the video, yeah. um, that it wasn't actually made locally. It was made closer to me, uh, where I lived in San Francisco at oh. the time, uh, Kona being brewed in Portland, that to me was just such a, like, so deceitful and disheartening mm. to me as a beer drinker that I said, well, we should yeah. do that. Why can't we make real local beer? You know, and so I remember getting home and connecting to the internet and being like, you know, oh, is Maui Brewing Company as a domain name available? And it was. Oh, man. No one had registered the business name, so I did, and I bought the domain just in case I could do it. Yeah. And that was probably oh, early 03, late 02. So um, fast forward to 05, we opened and, yeah, did 300 barrels that first year and then just kept growing and growing. And uh, this year we'll do about 60,000 barrels worth of beer. You know, and a barrel is 31 gallons uh, okay. in the U.S. So, you know, the large kegs I think I mentioned doing yep. keg stands on, that's uh, that's a half barrel. So, you know, you can imagine going from 300 barrels to 60,000 barrels or 600 kegs to 120,000 kegs. You know, and it's wow. uh, it's been a big volume growth. Um, but as Dahi mentioned, you know, quality and consistency is something that makes it even more challenging uh, along the way. Definitely. You know, I get it just like I mentioned to you when we were in the tour the other day that when I first came out to Hawaii about 10 years ago, I was like, and I feel the same exact way that you do, like the, the food and the, and, the, and, the, and the beer and the wine, these things kind of speak to the culture, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of started to explore it and I heard there's a brewing company up in West Maui and I drove out there mm -hmm. and I was so into it and I was bringing growlers back yep. like crazy. My friends were like, geez, Josh, stop. I'm like, look, <laughs> this is guava and this is this and this yeah. thing is called the Black Pearl and they weren't supposed to give me a growler, but I got them to do it. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. <coughs> yeah, Jay suffered that. I brought all the great beer yeah. to his house. Over yeah, that was, that was horrible, I'm sure. It was, it was awful. <laughs> so we really, I really appreciate it right out of the, you know, yeah. right out of the gate. Um, well, back then, too, no one knew what an IPA was or why you would drink it or a double IPA sure, or a sure. Belgian quad or, you know, why is that beer so dark? Or, God forbid, you put it in a can. Why would you do that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we had a huge amount of education that had to be done in order for uh, Hawaii to understand what we were doing. Uh, but I know guys who used to drink Heineken like it was their job, who now like call up, like, hey, when's the triple IPA coming yeah. back? Or, There's a following. Know, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just because they found a reason to drink beer other than that that's what their uncle or their grandpa yep. or their father drank. Yep. You know, and it's something they actually liked and didn't just do because they'd be shamed for not. You know? <laughs> that's amazing. So now I, I can imagine at a certain stage, you start looking at your electric bill. It starts growing and growing and growing, and you have unique challenges, right? Like, sure. like, like the cost of certain kinds of inputs. We were talking about CO two. Yeah, uh, yeah. is is a you know like thirty times, ten times the, the national 10, average. Ten times yeah. the national average, yeah. and then of course electricity is a multiple over the national average. You have all these inputs mm -hmm. that are now a lot more expensive than your mainland counterparts. Absolutely. And so yeah. now you get put on your innovation hat, and then you start thinking, what are some of the first things you did to try to you know become more efficient, more sustainable in your in your operations? Sure. Well, even back early days, like 05, 06, 07 in the pub. Um, I started plumbing like copper coils into the cold room to the mm -hmm. ice machine so that I could pre-cool the water going into the ice machine. So it would A, extend the life of the ice machine and B, you know, get me more ice quicker. Yep. Uh, so little things like that or any anytime I saw like there was heat blowing off of something, you know, how can we heat something with that? That was the or, indicator. Like, yeah. that doesn't look efficient. Yeah, let's, how can we make this that. better? And part of it came from just the fact that we were broke, you know, and it was how do you how do you minimize your expenses and, you know, anything I could do to figure that out. Um, 
you know, was was what I did, and I'd get online and research stuff. And I was telling you about panels, like the the, mm-hmm. the sun drum panels. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I thought about that like over a decade ago. I remember <laughs> thinking, hey, they'll be much more efficient because they'll be cooled, and then you get the hot water. And then I had people right. say, no, it's that's a curious not mind. Work. It's yeah. a curious mind that creates these kinds of things. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, you fast forward that to, you know, now looking at uh, spent grain and how you handle that. You know, we have so much of it that, the, and there's not enough farmers here to take all of it. Mm. So you know, we look at drying it and burning it to be able to create steam and create a turbine or just at least create the steam for the brew house. Um, you know, any way that you can use a waste stream in order to then turn it into energy is, is kind of our focus now. Um, and that's where, you know, even anaerobic digestion is something that we're excited about and potentially we'll look at down the road yeah. uh, once we have this big project done. But, Such a wealth of knowledge. I had no idea I was dealing with an energy geek just like yeah. us when uh, we walked in there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and Jay, as we were in there, and Jay, you'll have an opportunity I'll take him for a uh, an after sure. after show uh, a tour, hopefully, <laughs> and sure. uh, maybe we can hook up with you again. Of course. And then yeah. you know, but one of the things that I thought when we were there is there's so much information and data, like potential. So how would you potentially represent that to your community once you get mm-hmm. it all up and running? Is, you know, I started trying to figure out the infographic. I'm like, well, that's a tough one. It is. There's a lot going on here, and there's only so much room on the can for right. sure. You know, <laughs> so you know, for us, we we look at it as something we will do once the project's complete. I yeah. think I mentioned it yesterday. Yeah. You know, I started trying to digest the information now and it just like was just blowing my mind so I figured let's wait let's get it implemented and actually see what the total project yields as opposed to constantly updating it right. let's get to that baseline that and sense. then be able to show that I, I envision uh, whether it be something that we push out over the Wi-Fi or something that is on screens in the lobby and in the restaurant uh, or at different various uh, stops along the way of the mm-hmm. tour uh, just showing hey this equipment is you know using this amount of energy here's what it normally would be but here's where it is because of our, you know, initiatives. Uh, but the CO2 one I'm really excited about as well because that just doesn't happen in our industry yeah. um, because CO2 nationally is so cheap. Uh, but for us, it's, like I said, 10 times the national average. So, you know, where we spent, say, half a million, $600,000 in CO2 last year, you know, we'll be able to capture all of our CO2 that would normally vent to the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, I think, based on last year's numbers, is about 1.2 million pounds of CO2 that will get removed from the environment uh, through this CO2 recovery system. Yeah, this so. was definitely a really interesting part of the tour because you have these kind of tubes coming into a room and there are these kind of kegs, like plastic kegs or something. Yeah. And then there's these percolating, like bubbling. It's like a lab, like a mad scientist yeah. lab or something. Yeah. And that's the CO2. And you're going to re- and I asked you right there. I was like, well, what's it used for? Because yeah. it wasn't obvious to yeah. me. Well, that's how we get our uh, our carbonation. Exactly. Yeah. So you reintroduce it to the, the, beer, to the beer and you get yeah. your carbonation. And yeah, it's how, you know, when, when you think of a beer, it's, you know, got that snap and fizz when you open up the can and you pour it into a glass and it's got that nice head you wouldn't get that normally without um, without force carbonating mm. beer or doing some sort of other natural carbonation method um, but we need it for our co2 or for our soda line we need it for our, our canned cocktails to be coming soon um, you know any any sort of beverage that you need bubbles in is going to either and, need and nitrogen no, and, or CO2. And no, but there is, to your knowledge, other breweries are not doing that across the country. Yet. Well, so our friends at Alaska Brewing Company have a much larger scale, older mm-hmm. system. Uh, they're a much, much bigger brewery than us. Uh, so I, I think the way I mentioned yesterday was that at our size, there's no one doing it. And I think mm-hmm. the next closest is probably four times our size that's gotcha. doing it. Um, even breweries as big as Sierra Nevada and New Belgium are not doing it because it still just doesn't pay when, when it's two cents a pound where they come, where, where their station, where, where their breweries are. It, not going to have a payback for them, so it doesn't necessarily make sense. Mm. Um, right. Until we get right. to a carbon offset, a carbon credit, a, any situation like that, um, then there might be incentives to do it, which is, I mean, look at what happened with solar when you when you started taking credits away or talking about taking credits away. Right. You know, that was, it. you know, you, credits make the industry grow and taking them away makes it shrink. So yeah. I think we could have a CO2 recovery system grow if we had any sort of Some credit. Form. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah. amazing. It's like wastewater and digestion. It's 10% it's yep. not enough to incentivize the financial side of things. Right, right. You know, you know I well, a lot, there's this theme throughout the show where we see this kind of innovation happening in the islands. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's innovation that's happening here for a specific financial reason mm-hmm. as well as a you know sustainable reason. And that's something that could be applicable in a lot of other environments around the world. But mm-hmm. what would be the thing that would make it nec- uh, possible? Well, maybe it's like an incentive. It's a federal incentive sure. or something like that. So it's like Dennis Miller says, we'll figure it out when uh, we'll figure out how to deal with uh, no oil when we run out of oil. Jeez. You know. And <laughs> It's, it's, you got to find a way to pay for it, and um, you know, for us, I you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's so great, we we just want to have a low carbon footprint. That's 
a very big part of it. Like we feel responsible manufacturing mm. is step one. But there's a fiscal side of things that for us to be able to accurately control costs in perpetuity and know that what our CO2 costs are going to be in 10 years or what our electricity costs are going to be in 10 years, all of that, that helps to stabilize bottom line and yeah. foundation of the company because I owe it to 600 families out there to make sure that their paychecks are paid every two weeks. So right. I can't just be willy-nilly with these things. They have to actually make sense. And between the ROI on savings from energy and also the tax credits, uh, these things actually work. Yeah. creates uh, long-term uh, opportunities for the entire community. Yeah, and uh, a, a company that will be around long past me. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, well, let's talk about some of the tech that we typically we typically delve into, PV, storage, uh, backup gen. Let's get a sense for some of the kind of like the, the big hitters out there. So what, how much solar do you have on roof? What kind of solar is it? Uh, so I, I don't remember who the panels come from, actually, right now, but uh, uh, Zero Base Energy is doing our whole solar. They're specialized in off-grid, system, off-grid systems, uh, and the installer's based out of Oahu. Okay. Uh, it's Apex Solar, uh, oh, yeah. or Apex Wired. And then um, we have Tesla Power Packs. I think at the once they're all in, it'll be about three and a half megawatt hours of storage, just shy of 1.2 megawatts of solar panels. Um, we have about 15,000 square feet of solar thermal to create a hot water for mm-hmm. the brewing process and cleaning as well. Uh, and that'll all be backed up by uh, biodiesel generators that uh, Dahi's providing. Right. So maybe you could yeah give us hit a sense of the scale bit. of the uh, generators. Dahi. Yeah. So we've got two 275 kilowatt. Uh, what are they? QSL nine. Uh, leader engines um, running biodiesel. Um, basic. Bio, bio, not 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 fossil fuel based. No, 100% biodiesel. Um, and uh, it took a bit to convince Cummins to go B100 to actually keep a warranty on them. Uh, right. It isn't a, a national thing to be able to get biodiesel as a as a 100% um, warranty, uh, but Cummins are happy to do it. Um, they just had to have their arm twisted a little bit to have it nice. written in. Um, uh, as much as a promise is worth, <laughs> it's better in writing. Yeah. Um, so that was that was basically when you know Garrett and I talked about it. Um, big thing for us was to make sure that we could actually do 100% biodiesel in it. A lot of the times they say B10 or B20 is okay, um, or B50 perhaps, and B20 is just 20% biodiesel per. Okay. The rest is all fossil fuel. So this is B100, did I hear that? B100, yeah, 100% biodiesel. So it would be 100%. From, okay. Yeah, from yeah. Pacific yeah. Biodiesel. Pacific Biodiesel, yeah. So with yeah. a combo of uh, megawatt, 1.2 mags or something like that, of PV, solar thermal, uh, Tesla power packs mm-hmm. that are currently about a, a megawatt, right? Yep. And yep. then you got another couple Two of megs coming in, right? Up. With the, the twos, right? Yep. The, the second version. And the biodiesel, two 275 kilowatt biodiesel backup generators. Mm-hmm. You've got a, your own kind of like microgrid, microgrid there, yeah. right? You're That's really basically yeah. your own electrical system. Yeah. We will be grid tied, yep. uh, so we can switch over to the grid. But the idea being that demand charges are so punitive. And I think I described it in one meeting that um, had a lot of very upset people in the room when I said it. Um, You can imagine who. Uh, I said, well, demand charge is like charging for air. It's already there. Like, you don't need to, like, put in new equipment so Mm. that you can meet my demand. If anything, now you have extra energy. And I'm not a scientist. I don't understand all this engineering stuff. But I I know you've already got it, and you're not going to run out and make investments, which is what the demand Mm -hmm. charge is supposed to be about. And uh, it's charging for something that already exists. And if we use it, God forbid, you can never average down to zero unless you keep hitting the demand charge and lower it by averaging down throughout the year. So if we're if we hit it for 15 minutes and we're at 300 kW, then that's you for a while. That's the entire year. <laughs> yeah. You're oh, at 6,000 bucks a month. If you go to zero for the next 11 months, right. but now if you drop it by half the next month, then it averages down, and by half the next month, so you'd have to purposefully connect to grid and yeah. drop, drop, drop. So you have to game it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So we said, well, screw it. We'll just put in a bunch of generators. Yeah. Call Dahi, and All right. you know they figured it out. On, you know because they are our grid when we don't have solar battery, and Miko is. Um, you know, they're a distant one. And we will right. choose, do we run today or do we not, whether we want to get on the grid. This was mind-blowing. Yeah. I really didn't expect this. Yeah. And, you, and if I understand correctly, you're literally, a, you know, behind a transfer switch, 
that is turned off for the electric grid, yeah. and you're running independently, and yeah. if, if you, you come get together and say, hey, maybe we should use the grid power, you have to go out there and flip that switch. Essentially, yeah. Right. And I don't know if it's like a button you push or if it's this huge lever. <laughs> no, no, I, I envision to, I this huge, huge yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a you know Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. you know in the lab. So yeah, I, that would be we can epic. make the lever. Can we so get you one can of use the lever and it'll activate the a switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, I want right? to see yeah. exactly what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. But you know that was our you know we just we don't like to I mean I don't like to hear no anyways, especially when there's no reason to. Mm. Like how do we solve the problem, guys? Don't keep giving me problems. Let's get solutions. And right. if you don't want to play ball, we don't need you. There's technology out there that we don't need the grid. I mean, we've had three or four power outages a year, so don't yeah. tell me about your stability. Yeah. You know, I it's, right. Sorry, you know, I had opening night. We had a, a transformer go out um, down in Wailea, and we lost a leg of power. It's like, so what, where's where's the stability? Yeah, and you in your situation, when you're when you're manufacturing all of this pr product, if I can call it that, then mm -hmm. it has uh, you could lose a lot of of, of, of resources. Absolutely, right? I mean, it could be yeah. very costly for you when that happens. Absolutely, temperature variations or something like that. Yeah. I imagine every degree it, changes the flavor of the beer for sure. Yeah, yeah. so it you needs know, to be needs to be controlled right? and controlled. And right? you know, in fairness, I'm not I don't I don't want to bash Miko. I mean, they have be, they have become very supportive. I think because they see that this is the future and the value of the data that we're going to have. Um, mm -hmm. If they play ball, there's access to all this data freely, you know, and so I think you know, seeing how their their tune has changed as we've been going through They've this become more collaborative has been good, much more collaborative. It's great to hear. It doesn't hurt that you're taking a megawatt of load off of them sure. as well when HCNS shut down and they lost five. Oh yeah. right, <laughs> that's true. Oh, so that's so kind of good math. For that them. definitely yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. No, I definitely feel like I'm doing more of the service. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I don't want to come off like they're not being supportive. It's just it is so difficult times. You know, at times I say 2045 is going to be here before we know it. And yeah. if we move at this pace, it'll be 3045. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's like, let's do this. I'm ready. I'm ready to be 100% right. next year. Please get out of my way is really kind of how I want to approach every conversation. <coughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, it's great to see that you're doing some of the hard work out there and kind of, you know, setting some precedents. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely, uh, you know, Jay, did you want to jump in at all? I know Jay's over here kind of trying to get into the, the show a little bit. Do you have any burning questions no, no, for? Just... <laughs> He's like, oh, oh. I, I just, like I said, I just, I just want to take the tour. Yeah. <laughs> like I, have, I haven't been able to see it. For, for the folks at home, I haven't been able to see any of this. Um, the interesting couple interesting notes I had, obviously, the, the Tesla uh, power packs, that, that install was actually what put us on your you on our radar. Mm -hmm. um, those uh, For those folks that don't know, it is the um, commercial um, version of mm -hmm. the power wall, right? So you have your, your residential in-home, and then you have a commercial or in, um, utility-scale battery. How many of those are there, and how big are they? <laughs> uh, w right now, phase one is the version 1.0, and I think 2.0 came out like three months after 1.0 landed here, <laughs> right. which kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, and of course, the yep. wiring's all different and how you set them, but, but anyhow, uh, 1.0, I think there's about a megawatt of storage, and there are, besides the site controller and the distribution gear, there's uh, nine, I believe, cabinets that are about the size of the average kind of household refrigerator. And they're all white, so they kind of looks like a Kenmore, you know, sitting out there. Uh, much, much more expensive than a Kenmore, by the way. Uh, but, you know, I, as I understand it, there are, you know, tens of thousands of small batteries in each of those cabinets. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're just kind of set next to each other where there's a minimum spacing requirement. Uh, all the wires had to be run underneath in the concrete. Uh, so we had a, a, an actual template that had to go down before we could pour the concrete and set everything mm -hmm. to, you know, within a small tolerance gotcha. so that those batteries could be lowered into place. Gotcha. Yeah. But, huh. you know, at the at peak, I think we'll have 27 of those cabinets, and that'll be three full phases <laughs> of, uh, I think it's their, what used to be the 250, uh, KW with 750 megawatt, which or, or 750 kilowatt is now like, I, don't know, I think they're 1500s or something like that. It's <laughs> it's amazing. In six months, you know, we'll have twice yeah. the storage and half the footprint again. And you're still <laughs> using the uh, nice. <coughs> Tesla Inverticamas uh, Dynatech <clears throat> inverters, yep. uh, 250 kVA units uh, to be able mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and ours is the uh, first generators to be able to be paralleled into this system mm -hmm. as well. This is completely new to be able to parallel generators with the solar panels. So the solar panels mm -hmm. and the generators are actually working together at the same time, which is not done normally. Three-phase, mm -hmm. 480 volt AC. Uh, so you've got the 480 volt DC that the power packs are running at, uh, and then the mm -hmm. Dynatech inverters then are 
basically balancing all of the reactive power um, to make the generator produce at a 1.0 power factor, which makes the generator as efficient as possible. Um, and, uh, and therefore, we can fully use the full uh, KVA rating of that generator, which is very handy as well to use the Cummins because we, we have uh, our generators aren't just, you know, whatever the engine can do, they stamp that on the side. Mm. Our QSL9 engines are 700 horsepower. So, you know, when we, when we have a 275 kilowatt engine, our kilowatt generator actually can produce way above that. So there's another system like this on island where they've been, uh, we've got two 200 kilowatt generators running on it, and they're continuously bringing that up to about 250 kVA and Whoa. pulling that full amount from the generator, which is, oh. which is in fact 250 kilowatts of the generator's power, but luckily enough, those engines can produce 400 horsepower, so they can actually do that. So they're really run tough. They, yeah. yeah, so in, in the times when Garrett absolutely, like if everything fails yeah. all around him, the generators will be able to push basically that and then some to be able to produce as much power as he needs. That's that, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how smart he is too, because oh, I didn't yeah. understand oh. 98% of that. <laughs> but I, it's okay. No, we, we've, our, I our listeners, subtitles? I'm going to get text messages. They're going to be like, what's a KV? What's this? What's that? We got a glossary of terms going up on the website, so we'll just, I'll, I'll take you out for martini and you can give me all the, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the terms, okay? You know, too, Dahi and I met on a dive boat. Uh, okay. One of our good friends, Keone, owns uh, Pro Diver Maui, an awesome dive boat and dive school, by the way. Uh, but yeah, Dahi and I met with a, um, uh, he gave me his business card and I was like, I know one day we're going to need generators. And that, when that subject even came up, I was just like, call this guy. Yeah. And so, and obviously he's the right guy for the job when he can, uh, you know, speak so uh, poetically and technically about that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's so uh, great that we know each other as well. So I know you're kind of like a major fixture in this conversation about how to get us to hundred percent renewables, Dottie. So yeah, yeah, we're trying, we basically, you know, the, the big thing for us is that our generators never actually get used, but they're there in the times that you actually do need them. Mm -hmm. uh, what we want to do is basically be the platform, the kind of stability for all of these renewables to be used. So you can use you know, as much solar as you want, but in the times when you don't actually have solar or your charge is running down that these generators can kick on, use the biodiesel for that amount of time and then shut back off again. But just to be there as the emergency gotcha. standby. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I know a lot of listeners are probably thinking, oh, generators, how are you going to be renewable with that? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the biodiesel will be 100 is a big part, but then the tier four yeah. thing that... Yeah, so they're tier four, which means they're on-road compliant. Um, which means they're as efficient and as uh, carbon neutral. Or, oh, right. They don't put as much knocks and socks into the environment, so gotcha. they're up there as the most uh, uh, environmentally friendly diesel engines that are there at the moment. Got it. And yeah. then adding the and using biodiesel, then I mean, you know, even more so. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Go that's, ahead what, that's what I was going to say. You would, um, your bio. You said your biodiesel comes from Pacific Biodiesel. Do you know the actual sources or? Uh, I know they're working on uh, sunflower. The uh, they've got that whole yep, plant. Yep. And we then, remember the sunflower debacle. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, waste restaurant oil uh, from around the island. So yeah, grease uh, traps. Yeah, got grease it. traps primarily. Mm. So we're, we're 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 rounding out the end of the show here, fellas. And I did want to ask you before it ends, like if there's anything. I know you got a I got a distiller going in, right? Yep. And is what's yeah. going, what's in the future for MBC so, just within sixty seconds? Yeah. So I heard cocktails. Yes, cocktails <laughs> exactly. Uh, so obviously we're a craft brewery at our core, at our heart. That's all we will always be but we're really morphing into a craft beverage company uh, in addition to the restaurants but uh, so we make our beer uh, we also make a natural root beer we're adding a ginger beer and a cola to that all natural no fake stuff uh, mm -hmm. cane sugar etc uh, and then we're going to be distilling uh, whiskey gin and some other cool stuff nice. from local agriculture and then since we have those two it makes sense to then combine those into canned craft cocktails mm. uh, so oh, we'll okay. have uh, you know really the the cocktail arm the spirits arm the sodas with non-alc and uh, the beer of course Excellent. Well, I'll tell you what, that was probably one of the most jam-packed, dense, awesome shows we've had. Wow. I can't thank you enough for coming on, telling us the whole story. My brother, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Awesome. It's been great to be here. Dahi, thank you, sir. Really good stuff. Thank you both. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's always interesting <laughs> how many, how many uh, industries, renewables, have really radically transformed yeah. over the past 10, 15 years, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, we're still on the ramp. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so we really look forward to seeing what comes next with Maui Brewing Company here with Garrett, Ma uh, Garrett Marrero and uh, Dahi McGee. 
And uh, so thanks so much, guys. Uh, we are the Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin Battery, Pika Energy, and Sun Drum Solar. Sun Drum Solar, everyone. Come see us at the Queen <laughs> Kalamani Center Mall and learn all about this great technology, and you'll hear from our, our great energy consultants. Uh, hey, folks, thanks for listening, and uh, have a wonderful weekend. Aloha Friday.